0: Welcome to the Perky Caller Radio Show, where we talk to entrepreneurs from across the globe to learn why they started their company, what mistakes they've made, what they learned from those mistakes, and they all share an incredible success story. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Perky Caller Radio Show. I'm your host, David M. Frankel. Today, I'm so excited to introduce to you Alex Reinhardt. He's the founder of Arcs Insurance. Good morning, Alex. How are you this morning? Hey, David. Good morning. Great. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. We'll kick off the show with the why. Why did you start Arcs Insurance? Uh,
1: that, well, that's a good question. Um, so a little bit of background. I wish it was a simple answer, man. Um, a little bit of background on me is, uh, you know, I, I, I grew up here in, in Charlotte. And, uh, you know, I've been in South Florida for the last 22 years. So, um, you know, I was able to uh, create a little bit of uh, <laughs> a, a space where I can um, get rid of my boss, you know, and, and kind of learn things. So, you know, just my um, natural progression, I guess, is, is why, you know, I, I seem to grasp everything about the uh, insurance world through the mortgage business. Since I'm an old Lehman Brothers guy, um, you know, back in 2000 to 2007, um, I was in wholesale mortgage. So I learned the mortgage business and, you know, I really gained a lot of knowledge there. Um, and my father being in insurance for 42 years, you know, before he retired, I kind of understood the insurance business. They went hand in hand. So I've got a lot of continuing just mortgage business that creates, you know, opportunity for other real estate business and insurance, especially, and insurance down in Florida, especially is just a mess. And, uh, you know, having the, uh, the knowledge for the intricacies of uh, intricacies of the, uh, you know, um, whole claims thing and, um, you know, really providing solutions. That's why I started it Um, because insurance is a mess uh, everywhere. You know, it's hard to understand. And for me, being able to, you know, take the insurance uh, aspect and really explain it to the client. um, And we have lots of clients just from, like I say, just being in, you know, multiple businesses, insurance, real estate, and mortgage, it's hand in hand. So for me to be able to open ARCS insurance and have, you know, my people, uh, assist the people that I'm already assisting, it just goes hand in hand. It, it really is a complete circle for me. So Ark's Insurance has started with a, a friend of mine, Carlos Silver. It's Alex Reinhardt and Carlos Silver, hence Ark's Insurance. Um, just really developed out of the need for, you know, um, solution-based <laughs> uh, insurance, you know, and, and financial products. So that's really why it was just a natural, pro- pro- you know, progression from what I'd started. And for me, licensing is a big deal, you know, for, for people, because I think everybody should create their own path. And if you get a license, I always tell people, you know, there's, there's plenty of ponds to fish in. If you get a license, you can fish in that pond. <laughs> if you get multiple licenses, you're fishing in multiple ponds. So for me, I think bringing it together, I know that I'm very wordy. There's just a lot of background and why I developed the, you know, an insurance company out of a mortgage background. Um, it just made sense. Is that too much,
0: David? <laughs> that's perfect.
1: Yeah, that's a
0: there's, lot. A, there's a couple. There's a couple things I knew my uh, listeners yeah. ears perked up, perked up, I should say. Yeah, and that was get rid of boss. So like, oh, how do I get rid of my boss? This is not an episode on how to get rid of your boss. This is an episode on how to move past the boss <laughs> me. and how to work for yourself. Just want to clarify that in the very beginning. Sure. Number two, uh, your your father was in the insurance business for forty two years. Right. Tell me how that shaped you.
1: Well, I, you know, my father was a quiet man. Um, I just lost him in, in, in October, actually. He was 89 years old. He was just a wonderful man. Um, completely the opposite of me, really. He's just, not that he, not that I'm not a smart person, but he was a person that, you know, chose his words, that um, really did things and didn't speak about them. Um, and he was an underwriter, you know, he was a, an actuary, an analyst, you know, so, just knowing him um, and knowing what he, you know, was about, and really as I grew into, you know, becoming an adult, and then getting into my late twenties with Lehman Brothers, we would have more and more conversations just about the financial world. He's very conservative. At 27 years old, I was just, you know, wherever the wind goes, I go, and I went 100 miles an hour. So, him working for AXA, the Equitable, um, you know, as an insurance uh, underwriter, section manager. Uh, He was able to explain to me, you know, the intricacies and the finer details of risk, you know, and um, claims. And, you know, we would bounce ideas and things off of each other, things that I was like a child and said, hey, dad, I discovered this and this, like, you know, insurance payouts are completely tax free. It's the only investment vehicle that you can actually, you know, contribute wealth to. Well, I knew my father, my father had thousands and thousands of dollars worth of insurance policies, sometimes dating back from 1954, you know, so he was a smart man. I was very blessed. You know, I, I actually just had a father that was uh, there, caring and, uh, and knowledgeable. And he let me, um, you know, he let me ask some questions and, uh, <laughs> you know, let me figure things out on my own. So that really shaped me just having him as a background, you know, having when, when, when nine to five was over and when the underwriters went home, I could always go and, you know, ask my dad a question. He'd give me the real answer, not the salesy type of answer. So, um, I think like all of us, you know, if we're lucky enough, our parents do shape who we are, not necessarily our personalities and, you know, don't help us make the best decisions. I've made some crazy bad decisions in my life, but, you know, always having, um, a place to go and come home and having my father there to, uh, really just direct me and, um, you know, tell me when I'm messing up. He didn't really tell me that he let me mess up, but, you know, I always knew that I kind of had a little safety net or at least somebody to tell me, Hey, Alex you messed up, (laughs) you know, which, which which helped me a lot. So, yeah, you know, that that's life insurance, really. So I do a lot of life insurance. We do that through ARCs, but we also we focus on property and casualty. You know, I write a lot of um, and being in Florida, I write a lot of boat insurance, RV insurance, um, you know, a lot of car insurance and I partnered with a lot of like auto body shops and a friend of mine owns a mechanic shop. So we get a lot of business out of that. Um, But being able just to understand that, you know, weigh the risks. For people nowadays, it's been crazy because I've been in the financial world for 25 years or more. You know, I, I see where people, you know, when money is cheap, they don't care what things are. They are looking for quality insurance. They're looking for people to pay claims. They're looking for, you know, um, the, the ability, you know, the customer service and things like that. Now, with money being a little bit more expensive and rates going up, which they're going to continue to go up and they're going to have to be there, Our days of cheap money which should have been gone a long time ago have robbed our kids of any sort of good comfortable future because money is expensive and money has been cheap for so long and rates have been cheap because it's a political thing when greenspan back in 2003 lowered the rates to zero the fed the fed window people were borrowing money at the fed window windows for zero well of course it's going to make your economy look great you know just because money's cheap it's going to be great but that's made our dollar weak. So rates are going to be continuing to be higher and stay that way. So I, I know I'm taking this in a long, different direction, but, you know, it, it's just nice to be able to, you know, sell the insurance, get the people the knowledge that they need, give them the confidence that they have. But people are also, you know, they're they're money sensitive. Everything's expensive and insurance is going up. There's nothing you can do about that. And it's not like shopping one broker to the next is going to be any different because insurance pre commissions are set by the insurance companies it's going to be the same at arcs insurance as it is at red zone insurance as it is at all state It is the 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 premiums are across the board the same and they're going up so i don't know david i'm just talking it's, it's a big morning i've had a lot of coffee <laughs> i'm perked up
0: <laughs> well, i think it's all great points it's all things people have to keep in mind yeah so. uh related to your father one more question on him then we'll get to some other th- topics we've discussed sure um uh, the grind. I mean, I think a person that is raised in a household of an entrepreneur is a different household than a nine to five parent or parents. Correct. Is there anything about his grind or his work ethic or his mentality of work or putting the time in or customer service that you feel like you learned a lot from?
1: Um, I, yeah. You know, like I said, as a conservative person, you have to cover your bases first. I'm a risk taker. I love risk. Well, you know, being in Lehman Brothers and, you know, stated income and, you know, negative amortization and all that kind of stuff, I was fortunate. I was making a lot of money in my early 20s. I was able to squirrel it away. My father, uh, him, he also did, but he had 60 years to invest. You know, he never spent any money. (laughs) So, you know, for me, my biggest thing is I always have to make sure that I'm taken care of first before I can help anybody else. You know, so when I'm starting a new business, and I do start new businesses, I'm looking for brain power at this point. My bases are covered. So for me, you know, I've got I've got IRAs, I've got you know stocks. I always buy dividend paying stocks. This morning I bought fifty thousand dollars worth of uh, Altria stock. Friday I bought fifty thousand worth of BHP. You know, these are things. Dividend paying stocks are good. If I buy a stock, I'm never going to sell it. But the dividend paying stocks are good because it gives me a base salary for being alive. You know, so I keep a huge stock portfolio of money coming in. Now I can invest that into other businesses or myself or whatever I may do, or I can reinvest it so I don't have a tax obligation. That's a big deal. So covering your basis, if you're able to cover your basis and have enough income for whatever your lifestyle is, and mine is very simple. I live like a Spartan. So if you can have enough money coming in to cover your basis and take care of your family, then you can take all the risks you want. So I think, and I learned this from my father, set aside your personal needs and then go for your... You know, go for the gusto on everything else, but make sure you're not going to fall. Build your base. So that's what I learned from him. Don't take stupid risks. I take a lot of risks, but I make sure I'm covered first. You know what I'm saying? I want to make sure that I in my businesses, I like to my business is mostly real estate and insurance. If I have something, if I'm going to help somebody, I'm going to have something I can take from somebody if I have to. I'm going to have something I can put a lien against, you know, something that I'm going to protect myself. And a lot of times, too, I'm very strict about the people that I invest with. And I invest in a lot of people's ideas, but, you know, I need to make sure I'm covered. So it's a type of thing where you want to be helpful. And a lot of people are out there like, I'm going to save the world. <laughs> I don't care about the world. I care about the people I love. So if I'm able to, you know, be able to help them and get involved in their lives, I'm good. But I want to make sure I put my mask on first before I help somebody else. So my father sure. taught me that. Make sure you're safe first. You know, that's the biggest thing I learned from Homer. <laughs> so, Very
0: good. Yep.
1: But, uh,
0: just go ahead. Perfect. Okay. And then, so ultimately, I now understand the different services you offer uh, as far as ARCS Insurance. What year did ARCS Insurance start? We just started that company. I've been running all my insurance
1: business through a company called Red Zone. So the way the insurance business works is you're going to get a premium. You know, if you're going to get a commission on any insurance that you sell, whether it's property and casualty, life, health, whatever it may be. The reason that the agents are in it is to get the commissions. Well, the book of business is a big deal. And I'm not sure if you've ever heard, you know, people talk about like, you know, selling a book of business for an insurance company or whatever it is. We don't need to do that. I partnered when I got my property and casualty insurance license probably seven or eight years ago. um, You know, I always run it through a company as a producer. If you have a license, you can be paid by any insurance company. So you're able to, you know, partner with them and all that. Now, I don't like customer service. I don't have the time for it. A lot of that writing policies at this point in my career is kind of a menial task. So in order to, you know, have customer service people and have them paid, I'll bring the business in all the time. 24, seven, not a big deal. So the whole thing is, you know, your book of business. Well, the ownership of the policies is whoever the agent of record is the AOR. So if you have that, you know, as your, if you're the AOR, if you're appointed with the carriers, when you get renewals, you're getting 10% of that policy, whether it's, you know, a, um, uh, like a homeowner's insurance policy or, you know, car insurance or boat insurance, every time that renews every six months or every year, of course, if it's like homeowners, you're getting a commission. So you're getting 10% of the premium, you know, up front, like whenever you do. So I was actually, since I didn't need the money from, you know, the insurance, it was just uh, supplementing my mortgage business, which is my prime business and my real estate business. I was fine with just getting paid a little extra. Didn't make sense. Red zone was, there there was some stuff going on i won't get into it with that company so i said you know carlos and carlos i've known for 25 years i used to play rugby with him and you know he owns a real estate school and you know helps me with the continuing education and all that kind of stuff i was like You know let's just start our own business well we have our own clients we just send out a bunch of aor change forms agent of record change forms took all that business and now we have an existing book of business right now plus we're able to sell from whatever he brings in because he's a real estate broker and mortgage broker as well so the business is just growing it made sense so it's 2022 i opened my company ae reinhardt group back in 2018 i have several companies under that so arcs insurance really just you know sprang up this year but uh, we're doing pretty good. I know, I know we're keeping, keeping our customer service people very busy right now. And I'm re- really just leaving it up to Carlos to, to de- develop everything. I'm kind of handling sure. everything on the mortgage and real estate side up here for myself.
0: So that leads me to the next question. Sure. I, I know it's only been a year, but even in a year, you can see a lot of challenges and learn a lot of things from those challenges. Uh, what mistakes do you think you've made with ARCS insurance? And most importantly for our listeners... What do you think you learn from those mistakes that they can learn as a takeaway?
1: Well, I think what I've learned is, you know, here's me as an old Lehman Brothers guy. I figured out in my 20s, what's the easiest way to make money? Well, what's the biggest money producer in the world? Who produces the most money? Governments. What do the governments do? They turn people into numbers. You can't do that in a customer service business. I have to to some extent because people will fight you and take all of your time But I really, you know, for for me, it's I think hiring people, hiring people that really want to make money because they're paid on a commission basis, but also be personable. I'm still trying to find that balance, but I'm very flippant with people who waste time. Um, So I'm really thinking that, you know, I think I've wasted too much time with people trying to be nice and trying to help people solve their problems when you can't solve it. If you can figure out that you cannot help that person, you have to move on. I'm not saying turn them into a number. I mean, if you can do that, you're going to be very successful because you can go on from one to the next. But I care for people. I love people. So I spend a lot of time with them and try to offer solutions. So I think for me, my biggest mistake is probably spending too much time on one issue, one issue that I can't solve. I can't solve the world.
0: <laughs> Makes sense. That's a big problem. It's not easy to solve. No. but I mean, you're right. I think hiring is always a challenge for all companies. I, I see a quote pretty frequently, just hire fast, but fire faster, meaning- yeah, you, know, you find you find people that have to fill a need, but as soon as you sense that person's not going to make it, doesn't have the work ethic, doesn't have the desire, doesn't have the passion, uh, let them go, move on, and find someone new. And you just got to find that team. And once yeah. you find that team, then the scalability becomes uh, unstoppable. But to find that team, this day and age, with the you know, minimum wage being so high and people not wanting to work on commission, it can be very challenging. So you definitely have to work through some of those people. But when you find that great team magic happens it's a wonderful thing for sure absolutely it's all about teamwork you know
1: 100 percent dream work but it's hard to find the right team members you scale back you know very fast but you can't be like i say the whole you know business is numbers and people are people it's true you know you, you cannot do that but it's hard to find a team where people can move fast you know at least portray that they care <laughs>
0: and then, exactly
1: right and i'm not saying they don't because you know you start to know these people your clients your customers and you fall in love with them and then they tell you your life you know they're getting divorced or they're going to be homeless they're you know their rates are up and they're you know getting foreclosed there's nothing you can do you know except be compassionate and move on
0: so sure well let's uh let's wrap up the show with a success story it could be right. your personal success story or a moment in your business that you just felt like woo mm-hmm. i just accomplished a big milestone because we have to celebrate the small and big victories Sure. And that's why I love being around other entrepreneurs because sometimes our family and friends don't really understand the impact that that milestone really is in your life, and um, aren't necessarily understanding the you know the challenges of entrepreneurship and don't understand how big of a deal it is that you've got to this level. So I always think it's nice to surround yourself with other entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but most importantly, since all of our listeners are business owners and entrepreneurs, share with us a success story that you feel is a milestone to. Hey, I've made it. Hey, this is really reinforced my why. I'm so glad I got into this business. Or maybe it's just a client story, maybe someone that you really helped that just touched your heart and you're close friends with and well, you're just really proud of how how much you helped them. Right? Well,
1: here's the, the, my biggest success. Well, not really success. It, it, and it's a simple one happened last week. Well, so I, I pay for people to get their mortgage licenses all the time, you know, and I'll do that. It's a write-off for me. It's great, and I make money off of. I take a percentage of whatever they make, you know. teach them a business. So Nikki just passed her um, her mortgage test after the third time, at least. So she's been great. She's been selling mortgages for me on, on you know, on the um, on, on uh, the fly a little bit, you know. Of course, not quoting rates or taking applications and stuff like that. She's just a great sweetheart on the phone. So I'm happy for her. She's going to be able to, you know, help her family and bring in some more business for herself. So, yeah, that's that's one of my biggest success. And, and my success is to see my employees fly, you know. So I, I'll pay for these people to get their licenses. I'll pay for 20 of them this year so far, and, like, three of them got their mortgage licenses. So, you know, to, be, to, to see somebody invest in themselves and follow through with it, that's my success. I only want to see people fly. I don't ever want to break anybody down. I don't want to see them fail. I just want to see them fly. And that success is, you know, their success is my success. So that's, that's awesome. That's how I see that. I can go on to, you know, hey, big deals and all that kind of stuff. And I never chase big deals, big whales. I'd rather go to work every day, Dave, grind my fingers to the bone and have a little success every day. So, so that, that in a nutshell is my success,
0: you know? Sure. Well, you can tell you care about your people and that's a big plus. And I I know I listen to Gary Vee occasionally and he keeps talking about how stop expecting your employees to work as hard as you and start caring about your employees. And I think that's a major message needs to get out across the country is to stop just treating your employees just like they're people. And, and every, everyone that's a part of your organization plays an important role. Make sure they know how much they, they are important to you. Show them how much you care. And the more they know how much you care, the harder they're going to work for you. 100%. 100%. So, but it's, it's, it's a philosophy for whatever reason that's been lost in the shuffle of the hierarchy of management and CEOs and all these different positions within a company. And a lot of times they lose. That's why I like the, the show Undercover Boss Mm -hmm. because it allows the people at the very top to get down to the very bottom and see where all the room for growth is and hear everybody's story and hear why they work and hear what they're dealing with. But they still put on a a pleasant face and they still come to work every day to help the business grow and to take care of customers. I think that's just a beautiful message. And all the the CEOs that are out there listening to the show, take care of your people. Do something special for them. Give them that Christmas bonus. Give them the time off so they can visit family and friends that may not live forever. Uh, things like that to really go a long way uh, and be compassionate uh, and and help your employees have a a good quality of life so that they can work hard for you seven days a week, four days a week, whatever the case may be. It's all about the people. Can't take it all with you. That's exactly right. Love them while
1: they're here.
0: Exactly right. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. I love your passion for people and all of your success that you've experienced in different businesses. Uh, If you don't mind, leave us with uh, the company website, Social media handles, if you want to leave an email, if you want to leave a phone number, whatever you're comfortable leaving, just so people listening can reach out to you.
1: Sure. Well, I, I think the best way you know f- for me, I, you can contact me any anytime at group at gmail.com, group at gmail.com. Um, as for the uh, you know the insurance web it, email, it's it's progressive agent bb, which is point beach, progressiveagentbb bb at gmail.com. So ARCS Insurance, we don't really have a website yet. And there's been no need because it's all word of mouth, but we're developing that. We've got the logo and everything going. So anything you ever need from me, definitely, you can reach out, reach to, you know, contact me at 561-662-7240. If there's a place I can write it down or put it on a, you know, uh, somewhere you have access to it. Yeah, Um, that's me. I'm an open book. You know, and if you got great ideas, talk to me. I'll definitely invest with you. If I can make money and you can make money, let's do it. I'm looking for brain power, like I said. So, yeah, 561-662-7240 or uh, Group at gmail.com. And Reinhardt is R-I-N-E-H-A-R-T.
0: Awesome. Alex, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, you've listened to another episode of the Perky Caller Radio Show. Thank you for joining us. What is the Perky Collar? It is a collar support system for dress shirts. That's right, over 18,000 of these amazing devices have been sold globally. How does it work? Lift the collar, add the Perky Collar with the long tapered ends on top, lower your collar on top, adjust to make sure it's even around the collar, and that's it. You've now transformed your droopy, saggy dress shirt collar to a brand new looking dress shirt ready to tackle Sweaters, jackets, blazers, and the collar still stays nice and tall. How do you find it? The website's perkyllc.com. That's spelled P is in Paul, E is in elephant, R is in Robert, K is in kangaroo, Y is in yo-yo. LLC, LarryLarryCharlie.com. That's perkyllc.com. Get yours today, or if you're in Charlotte, North Carolina visiting or live here, feel free to come by South Park Mall's kiosk located between Francesca's and Toomey Best entrance is Maggiano's and Cheesecake Factory. See you soon. Look your best. Have a great day. Perky LLC is a clothing innovation company. We solve clothing-related problems, such as a droopy, saggy dresser collar. The pocket square that doesn't seem to sit still pop- properly, it unfolds, it falls down the shirt that keeps coming untucked, collar stays that keep curling on you, and more and more issues with your belt. Cracking, splitting, holdless belts are the solution. You can adjust them by a quarter inch instead of having to go up an inch or down an inch. What about that lapel you want to use as an accent color to match a dress or as a color accent to your wardrobe? This and many other fun fashion accessories are available at perkyllc.com. Beyond innovation, we also have fashion accessories. Bow ties, you name it, from feather to blingy to wooden, even wooden ones that move, even wooden ones that showcase the skyline of cities all across the country. Check out perkyllc.com for all these great fashion accessories and innovative solutions. Are you ready to publish your own book? Do you have a story to tell? Does the world need to hear your story? Now is your chance. Go to https colon forward slash go, G-O dot com forward slash Perky Collar Radio Show. That's right, it's as simple as that. They'll walk you through every step needed to publish your own book. And watch out, be ready to be an Amazon bestseller, maybe a Wall Street Journal bestseller, or maybe even New York Times bestseller. It all starts with a single step, and having the right team around you. Again, go to https: colon forward slash go g o dot bestsellingbook forward slash Perky Collar Radio Show. Look forward to seeing your amazing results.